What is that, beautiful people? We have some incredible stuff going coming your way. Uh, the first episode of 2022 is uh, one of one of my favorite conversations I've ever had with a fitness professional, uh, the the man, the myth, the legend, John Goodman. Um, you'll hear a bunch of incredible stuff. I've got some notes here. Uh, <laughs> you'll hear about why John was getting on a podcast with you know almost hundred almost hundred podcasts. I think he said it was he had a book uh, for sixty. Fuck me in the fucking ass. Fuck you. What is happening, beautiful people? Super happy to be with you here for the first episode of 2022, um, and it's a big one. We we have the man, the myth, the legend, the first interview uh, in the history of the uh, My Friends As You Grow Gyms podcast is none other than John Goodman. Uh, he's an incredible guy. We embarrassed ourselves on our intro uh, in our conversation. You'll hear that in a bit. Um, uh, but, but there's all sorts of good stuff. This is a jam-packed um, episode with takeaways and lessons and things um, that I think you're going to get a ton out of. So uh, super excited to have you. Welcome to 2022, and we'll see you on the other side. Well, here's to, here's to embarrassing ourselves on camera. That's all I'm going to say. Go. All righty. Well, beautiful people, uh, we are sitting here with the man, the myth, the legend that is bringing the fitness, fitness industry together. Since 2011, he's published 11 books, welcomed over 20 million visitors to his website, an absolutely incredible resource at vptdc.com, sold over 250,000 educational items to health and fitness enthusiasts, including the legendary Online Trainer Academy, OTA, that's helped 30,000 people in 87 countries and counting. He's done it while maintaining an impeccable and incredible reputation, longstanding trust of his peers. To top it all off, he's done it all while enjoying over 1,300 days exploring the world with his young family. He's an OG in this industry, and I'm thrilled and honored to welcome the Jonathan Goodman to the show. Jonathan, thank you so much for being here. You ever do do any voiceover work, any radio work? I know one of my uh, crowning achievements was I did win a uh, with a team the uh, state championship here in texas and ffa that's future farmers of america radio so oh yeah we've done we've had a little bit of a little bit of fun and maybe you should have stuck with that i feel like you could have made something yourself (laughs) it's it's a you know just constant disappointment from the other two listeners of the show my mom and grandma say the same thing i mean fomo Um, fomo radios i'm sure a very big deal Uh, it's a it it is when you're down here uh fm 106.8 what is it it's uh it's actually um we'll give a plug to uh 680 a.m kkyx farm radio here Ah. we are farm radio with larry marble uh they'll talk about cattle prices yeah um, i could not believe how much cattle prices have gone up by the way it's a it's a booming business yes if you have uh if you have water and grass and cattle but um, agricultural commodities are always interesting we're gonna have a great time. We're gonna have we're gonna have a great, 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 great fucking time, John Goodman. Um, all right, dude. So, I, you you gave me a little bit of the of the of the juice um, before I I stumbled through our intro intro here. Um, it's you are somebody. One of the things I I feel like I respect most about you is because I've I've you certainly been on the radar of mine and someone that I've looked up to for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. You seem to constantly be thinking on this sort of longer time horizon. You're playing chess while other people are playing checkers. Um, and so I see you, you, you make this post saying, Hey, who wants me as a podcast guest, podcast guest, big, right. small, don't care if you're brand new, you don't have an audience. What the heck made you decide to jump in and do that and jump on shows, you know, with people like little old me. 
I mean, I just really wanted to know about agricultural commodity pricing. Um, I, a number of things. Number one is the next stage of my business, my career, this entire year of 2022 is solely uh, dedicated to my own personal branded community platform. And so there's a multi-pronged approach, right? Right now I'm, you know, I'm basically testing content on Instagram, but I'm, I'm growing my Instagram, uh, you know, pretty aggressively, but largely I'm testing content on there and the stuff that really wins out. Basically I'm going through three stages of testing content. I'm testing it on Twitter first, get immediate feedback, allows me to delete and post and delete and post and basically get the words right. Right. Then I'll take a bit more time and expand that onto Instagram. And then the stuff that really hits hard into Instagram, I turn into a really good, um, almost spoken word poetry script. And we're actually doing, we're, we're building some really great videos out of that. Right. Great. And so, you know, there's, there's, there's a couple stages of basically the platform growth. And then, and then another piece of it is just appearing on a ton of podcasts and something like 60 that are booked within about a month period. And yeah, I mean, I put out a post and just said, you know, if you have a podcast, I'd love to be on it, right? Like, I don't care if it's brand new. I don't care if you have zero listeners. I don't care if you have a million listeners, right? Like, I just I just want to be on the podcast. And the reason for that is quite simple. I know that my success in the future is going to be largely dependent on the relationships that I build today. And I want to build relationships with people who are going to be around for a long time who are a little bit more thorough and serious about what they do. And I want to increase the odds as much as possible that I'm building stronger connections with people that are going to be a big deal in the coming years. Right. And so what I, what I try to do and what I've always tried to do is just look for indicators of these types of people. And a really great indicator is somebody who's a podcast. And the reason for that is quite simple. A podcast takes forces a level of effort and resourcefulness. Like it's, it's something that you have to, it's not something that you can just like turn around your phone and and talk to your phone, right? Like you got to figure some shit out if you're going to do a podcast. It's not particularly complicated, but anybody who's been hiking in American national parks will attest. If you're willing to go five minutes past the walkway, the boardwalk, all of a sudden you got the whole park to yourself. It doesn't yeah. take very much extra effort beyond what the masses do to be able to stand out in a really measurable way. And so I look for people who are just showcasing that type of effort. And so, you know, I, I have, I, I, I'm happy if, you know, anybody listening to this connects with me and decides to come join me in what I'm doing and gets a lot of value in it. Like I'm ecstatic for that, but I'm doing this podcast to get to know you, JR, because my, uh, you, and just because you have a podcast are the type of person that I want to get to know. And, um, and, and so I'm doing a lot of podcasts and we do the same thing on Instagram. Right. And, and I told you before we, we popped on, like, you know, a bunch of people reached out to me and they were just like, Hey man, let's do an IGTV. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that because I actually don't give a shit about your Instagram audience. What I want to do, if I'm going to commit half an hour, an hour of my time, right? There's nothing more valuable to me in the world. I'm a father, you know, like if I'm going to commit an hour to somebody like that means a lot. Like I'll give you, I'll give you a lot of money before I'll commit an hour with you, right? Like that to me says a lot. And if I'm going to commit an hour of time to somebody, um, 
it's not your audience. It's I want to commit that time because I think that you're somebody based on indicators before knowing you, right? This isn't saying that those people suck. Right. It's yeah. just, you have to cheat a little bit. You have to find indicators that that person is the type of person you want to know because you're, you're trying to stack the odds in your favor. And I'm doing the same thing in building my community on Instagram, right? I don't just want to grow a random Instagram page of a whole, like you see all these big in, Instagram influencers, the audiences for the most part aren't worth shit sure. because, you know, all that they can sell is basically low cost items on fear and emotion because they haven't been strategic in the types of people that they built. As a result, they can't strategically put out messages that are going to appeal the right kind of people who repel the other type of people. And they're not collecting a singular community with a singular set of problems that they can build solutions for. Right. Whereas what we're doing is we're actually going out. We have a dream connections list that we continually build and we do strategic outreach to them. And then as people share our material, myself and I have two community managers who, who help me with this. We understand the indicators of the types of people on Instagram that are the right types of people for our community. And if they share it, we do outreach and we bring them into our community. In fitness, what is that? It's that certifications and stuff like that, that, um, you know, is above the bare minimum. Again, walk sure. into any gym, you'll see the wall yeah, of yeah. like trainer certification. <laughs> Nine out of 10 of those people have the bare, bare minimum. And then there's right. one guy or gal where there's the, like, they need an extra like piece of paper, <laughs> right? Like their list just goes on. It's like, I right, well, that person clearly is more serious about what they do. The odds that that person is going to be around in the industry longer is way higher. Right. So we look for that. We look for people who have some sort of a, like, it looks like they've put some care and consideration into the content. Like they've thought about it. Maybe they've branded their account in some way. Again, just an indication of seriousness. Have they put any skin in the game? Right. And so that's why I'm doing these podcasts. That's a little bit about, you know, how I'm trying to build my community for the next step forward next decade, you know, online. I had all these, all these thoughts in my head, you know, you try to, to, to put together your hypotheses and say, what the hell is he doing? You know? And, like, uh, and it's interesting. That was not, um, what did you think it was? What do you think it was? I like, I figured it was probably something along the lines, like you're doing this incredible uh, software. It's something I missed right in my intro. That's free. Uh, which is unheard of, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, you're, and it seems like you're fixing a lot of things. I know there's a beta right now going on, a couple thousand people, all those fun things. Um, so I uh, Well, the beta's not live yet. Yeah, the wait list. We have a wait list. We don't have, a, wait we don't have the data out yet. But, uh, but yeah, we have a wait list. We've got, yeah, a, a lot of people on there. So, so my, my thought was, hey, you're doing the personal brand thing. You might be connecting with some people, I guess, that are, that are worth connecting with. Um, but uh, that, that really, it's just sort of, you know, it's almost like you're, you, you probably already have a bigger list than, than most folks, right? Like I would assume PTDC traffic and everything else. Like it's, it's sort of, you've got a bigger platform than most folks, I think probably have in this I mean, industry. And so I, I think thought it was you're just right. expansion of that. But I'll stop, I'll stop you for a sec because I think you're right. I, I think, I think I probably do. But first thing you think you learn about marketing is, you know, it's one of those, what have you done for me lately games? Yeah. You can't live off of what you did yesterday. Like, uh, you know, I've been, I've been in online fitness for a decade, like, like 
2021 is my 10th year in online fitness. Yeah. I've written 11 books, right? Doesn't none of that matters today, right? Yeah. That helped me, you know, put enough money away that I don't need to worry about money for the rest of my life. But like, that doesn't matter for the next decade. It's what have you done for me lately? So yes. Um, but at the same time, you know, a list is only as valuable as what you do next with it. And I'll tell you what, man, for the last two years, we did such a shit job building a relationship and respecting our list that our list is not worth very much anymore. And so, yeah, I mean, the numbers are big, but, you know, when you think of everybody on your list as email subscriber 57,231, yeah. you know, all of a yeah. sudden you have one fewer email subscriber, Sure, <laughs> like, like that person goes away. So yeah. yes, um, but I, I honestly think, I mean, I have advantages in doing what I'm doing simply just because I built a lot of career capital. And all that that means, though, is that if I put a call and say I want to be on a bunch of podcasts, I can be on 60 <laughs> podcasts, right? Yeah. But it doesn't yeah. mean that I don't have to do the podcast. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. That's true. That's true. So no, I just I think it's I think it's an awesome parallel. We, we've um, we've been working with our gym owners, right? On you know, all right, let's find some local partnerships and things like that, and. Mm. Um, you know, we've talked a little bit about, okay, so here's some due diligence that might give you an idea of somebody who might be somebody worth partnering with, right? Um, in terms of bringing into your community, introducing your community to them, sharing their community in some ways and all those different fun things. And uh, it's like, oh, geez, having, you know, going on their podcast or doing some sort of, uh, you know, easy guest posting thing is just, um, you know, stuff that I think, we probably all learned and thought of at some point, the podcast right. thing notwithstanding, right? Certainly um, you know, doing lunch and learns and seminars and all those different uh, sort of tactics um, from, from yeah. back in the day, back before you had. I always, I always try to think of, of two things. I mean, one is like the beautiful thing about a podcast is that when was the last time that you ever had, even with your family, an uninterrupted one hour engaged eye to eye conversation with somebody, even your wife. I'm going to go on a date with my wife tonight. I'm looking forward to it, man. But I'll tell you what, we're probably not going to have an hour conversation one-on-one eye to eye. You know, we're going to, we're going to watch the sunset on the beach. Like it's going to be beautiful. Right. But the deepness of it. And so I always ask myself, um, and, and it goes back to the same central mantra, which is in order to get what you want, you've got to figure out a way to give other people what they want. Mm -hmm. And largely what other people want is sex and status. Largely, not always, but largely. So yeah. if you want to build relationships, I think uh, particularly for local gym owners, I mean, who gives a shit about Instagram, right? Like it's kind of irrelevant. Right. What you want is you want to become the go-to in your community. You want to become the center of action in your community locally. You can do that. You'll, you know, your gym will explode. Like it's great. And so you can absolutely do things like lunch and learns and stuff like that. But I always, I always try to look at do one of two things. Number one is try to identify things that are natural to somebody, right. As opposed to getting them to change or do something new for you. 
even if it's something they want to do, there's always going to be resistance there. And then, and then the second is um, how do you make somebody else feel like they look good? How do you make somebody else improve their own perceived status? Well, why not? If you're a local gym owner, start a podcast for your town and literally call it like the best of Sacramento podcast and then call up a business and be like, hey, I'd love to get your owner on the best of Sacramento podcast. Now you have a one-on-one connection with the CEO of a company that wouldn't give you the time of day otherwise. 100%. And you're, and you're good friends with them, right? Like that's the best thing you could do. It has nothing to do with fitness, but like you're making them feel like they look special. It's like I used to, I used to make up awards. No shitting you. When I worked in the gym, I made up an award called the half badge. It was called the hard as fuck badge. And I gave it to whichever one of my clients I deemed was hard as fuck. And I, and I was on Microsoft paint and I downloaded uh, an image from Google, which I'm sure I wasn't allowed to do. And I altered it on Microsoft paint and I put H A F on it. And, um, and I gave it to my clients and I wrote up a little like you know, article about them and they went in and they took a picture and they shared it all over the place. And that thing got me tons of clients. Then when I went online, here's the kicker. I created a new badge. I created the Jug Award, which was the John Award for recognizing greatness, which I gave and I fuck you not. I gave it to people who recognized I was great. (laughs) Yes. Right, but oh, I had a I website that. and I wrote about them. I'm like, this company recognized that I was great. What what happens? They share again, right? It's like it it ain't it ain't rocket science, man. That's awesome. That's hilarious. <laughs> the joke was yeah. great. I got to bring that one back. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's a uh, that's a lot of fun. No, this is but this is so so. Here's the thing, and it's I, there are multiple rabbit holes, and I want to stay on this on the on the long term. Um, kind of lens and scope that you seem to take, but, uh, man, like this should be a, that, that, the idea of that podcast, the best of Sacramento should be a call to action for every, yeah. Like that's, that's going to be a challenge in our gym owners group and whoever does not get that done. I don't know. They're going to be public. It's it's unbelievable to me how easy it is because of how frictionless it is. To go five minutes off of the beaten path. I always use this metaphor. If you are in a dark room, even the dimmest light is going to get noticed. But if you're in an already lit room, it doesn't matter how bright your light is. It's going to be ignored. What that basically means is that if you find an area of something that like people should be doing, but they're not, you don't even need to do a good job. Right. <laughs> and you'll get noticed. Yep. Like your podcast doesn't have to be good. It doesn't even have to have listeners. Nobody cares. Right. Because all that the CEO at, I don't know, Gasco Industries in Sacramento wants sure. is to beat his chest and he wants perceived status. Status. Right. And the thing about self worth and our own self worth is that. Our self-worth has nothing to do with how people actually view us and everything to do with how we feel we're being viewed by other people. It's irrelevant whether anybody's listening to your podcast. 
what matters is that the person who appears on the podcast feels like they appear important by being on your podcast. That's, that's why interview podcasts exist. It's sure. not, you know, the majority of podcasts have no listeners. And, um, and they're basically networking games. That's what I'm using them for, at least. Yeah. I mean, and you're not, you're not wrong about the no listeners thing. But it doesn't matter. But it doesn't matter. Because intros and cattle conversations. (laughs) (laughs) This is why I'm so interested in agricultural commodity pricing. But, you know, it it doesn't it doesn't matter. It honestly doesn't matter because your goal with the podcast is not to have a listener in, I don't know, Idaho. Right. About the, you know, your gym in Sacramento, like. What, what all these trainers and even gym owners are trying to do these days, trying to expand internationally and build big international Instagram followings, who gives a shit, man? How many people live in your town? Right. Like the majority of people we work with online training never work with anybody outside of their city because that's, it's so much a, harder. <laughs> Why would you? I heard you mention that on one of the other podcasts on your guest tour, and that was a, a shocking, um, yeah. I think one of the misconceptions that I think would uh, it sort of keep us, right? Keep the gym owner folks from saying, oh, is it worth it to jump into online training and whatever else? Like, look, most people just like, most of these folks that are doing it well are still just doing it in their local area anyway. Yep. Right? So doing things they're already doing without the, the restrictions of, um, of brick and mortar stuff. Uh, gosh, I love, the, I love the podcast, the local podcast idea though. It's just uh, a no-brainer <laughs> in terms just, of the networking side of things. You just hopefully made it. a bunch of gym owners some money. Is I hope it? so. I hope so. And I'll take 10%. But there you go. There you go. That's, that's what I say to all of our students. Like, yeah, I did so well. I got all this. I'm like, you know, when you signed up, the terms and services say <laughs> very clearly that anything you make, we get 10%. And they all like, I could just picture them all like going back to the terms page. They're like, shit, what did <laughs> I do? I should have read those 27 pages. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Damn you, Apple. I signed off my life to you and I didn't even know it. Man, that's fantastic. Okay. So this is, we have almost a little bit of, 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 of semi-professional German journalism here, um, staying on this long-term kind of time horizon thinking. Right. So we've already mentioned the, um, the podcast thing, uh, you've mentioned, I think everyone probably sees it, uh, that people, you know, one of the mistakes that I think we make as entrepreneurs is we tend to avoid that long-term time horizon sort of lens um, in lieu of the make $92 billion in six seconds that we see on our social media newsfeed, you know, mm-hmm. every, you know, two scrolls. And so what advice would you give to somebody who is struggling with thinking with that longer term view and making an investment in say the best of Sacramento podcast when that might not pay off for months, God forbid, a couple of right. years. Uh, well, number one, it won't, it it will pay off sooner for no other reason than, uh, my guess is that, I mean, all these people just need some reason to feel close to somebody else. Like rich people know rich people, right? Yeah. Rich people in Sacramento know other rich people. And, um, and so, you know, it, it will be very easy to have doors open for you. If you're opening the doors the right way, if you call somebody and, you know, you get a secretary and you say, hi, I'd like to speak to Mr. So-and-so about, you know, uh, doing a, a, you know, an education for your people. It's like, 
you're going to be forwarded to the HR department. You're going to be whatever, right? Like, like right. I've played that game. I mean, I, you yeah. know, I, I, I used to do this all the time back in the day at, at the gym. And so it works eventually, you know, you don't need to hit every single one. It works eventually, but, sure. um, but starting a podcast or something like that. I mean, I, I did it with written stuff. I, I did it just cause this was like 2008. I mean, podcasts existed, but it wasn't the same type of thing. Sure. Um, so it will work faster. You know what I see? I'm going to do what every politician does and just speak in circles for long enough that you forget what your question was. So I can just talk about my own agenda. Enough, I feel like I, I feel like a big mistake that a lot of people in fitness make is they speak for an audience that they hope to one day be there that isn't there yet. As opposed to, I mean, if it, what, what you have to do on social media is you have to speak, you have to articulate the thoughts and desires of people who are already listening to you. And so here's what I mean by that. About 15% of people who use social media ever post their own status. About 85% of people who use social media are what's considered active users, which means that they interact with at least one piece of content a week. What that basically means is that the majority of people who use social media never actually create their own content, but they're very happy when somebody else creates content for them. The key to getting your messages to spread on social media is basically just saying what other people are thinking. And, but you can't say what the people who you ultimately want to be listening to you are thinking. You have to say what the people already listening to you are thinking. I'll give you an example on my platform. I ultimately want to expand my own personal platform into what I believe are the three pillars, which are health, wealth, and family, right? If I talk about, I'm fascinated by wealth management for no other reason than just the parallels to fitness are so interesting. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. all playing the long game. It's all ignoring, like, you know, there's no get rich quick schemes, just like there's no get ripped quick schemes, right? Like it just right. doesn't exist. And the type of person who might have success with one, you don't listen to them. Because somebody who got lucky one time doesn't mean that they were smart or they made a good decision. It means they got lucky. And that same person is going to take another stupid chance and get kicked in the teeth. Like yeah. we've all seen this happen, right? So the parallels are really interesting. But I know that if I were to speak about family or wealth on my platforms right now, they would largely fall flat. And so all of my messaging is about what people who are actively very serious about fitness already think and get frustrated by, right? And then I'm starting to slowly bring in my own philosophy over time. And you'll see that coming through more and more and more and more and more as I begin to slowly expand out, right? But this is getting me to where I want to go. There's steps there, sure. right? You're not going to do a single leg BOSU ball squat before you sit down on a chair. You got to sit on a chair a bunch of times. You got to do some goblet squats, right? Maybe some front back squats. Then maybe you get into the circus stuff. Um, so, so I think that's a big mistake. I don't even remember what your original question was and you don't either, which is why I did such a good job here. But I, you know, I think that, I think that this is, this is a really important point. 
right? Like the people already connected to you now, even if it's a hundred, even if it's 200, like, first of all, think about how many goddamn people that actually is. Yeah. Yeah. And if you do a good job with your messaging, particularly on Instagram, you will reach 50% of them with every post. Every single one of my posts on Instagram, I'm reaching 50% plus organic. So you will reach them, right? You can't, you have to talk about what they're already thinking. That's it. Because you're making their job easier for them. They'll, they'll basically, basically people share for one of two reasons, right? This is, I wrote a book called Vironomics, which is exactly this concept, which is why it's a V, right? You know, people share because what you're saying they really agree with, or people share because what you're saying they really hate. <laughs> Anything in the middle yeah. <laughs> is irrelevant. Yeah. And, um, and so, I mean, do you be divisive for the sake of being divisive? I don't think so. But you can pretty easily identify the few things that the people in your audience really agree with and either don't have the time or capacity or desire or skill to articulate themselves. And they'll share your thoughts as an extension of their own and maybe add their own messaging. And then by the way, you look at how they're sharing it and the messages they're sharing. And then you just grab that and post that as your next status. You give them attribution, but like, I, that's basically all that I'm doing is just every time that I share something, I get tons of ideas of different ways to say it, different angles, different nuances of the same general message. Um, and then it expands out because that message finds the people who it resonates with, which are your people, right? And it and it kind of grows from there. It's the old the old copywriting maxim. I don't I don't remember whose work I'm citing here, but it's somebody. It's not mine. Where you enter the conversation already going on in your prospect's mind, right? right? Yeah, who was that? that? I, don't Dude, I don't know. One I of those guess would be Kennedy. One of those old white men. Yeah, exactly. Kennedy Carlton. One of those guys. Um, yeah, would be my. Uh, could be what is it? Gary Halbert. I always forget about him. Um, old, old Gary Halbert's like, book that he wrote from jail was great. Did you ever see that one? Oh, which what's uh, was it's it him it. or his son that wrote it? Well, it was letters to his son, the boy on letters. Yes, it was letters to his son from jail. Yeah, yeah, that was the great thing one. that I remember most. Unfortunately, is like. Hey, uh, whatever the, the, I guess bond, right. Bond, bond help. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure you have strong arms because strong arms are the thing. And, and, uh, I never took that advice and that's why I, that's why I need to sign on to another interesting thing you did, which was training for trainers. Uh, yeah. We shut that down though. So just hire another trainer. I can give you some recommendations if you want. <laughs> it, was a fun, it was, you know what, man? No, it was, it was, a, it was a great program that we ran for a year. Um, and, uh, you know, for, for a lot of reasons, basically the person who was, who was the head of it, just, it just proved not the right working relationship for either of us. And we could have kept going. We could have found another program architect, but it just wasn't again, like long-term vision made it. I mean, it was like 32% profitable. Like it made us good money. I didn't touch it. You know, we had somebody running it. We had a program architect. We had eight coaches in it. It was fine, but, uh, but it just wasn't, wasn't anything, it wasn't where we wanted to go. Yeah, I guess yeah. if that makes sense. Uh, so, you know, decided to cut the cord. Where do you, because this was something that I was loving when y'all were putting this out. Uh, you've cut multiple things that at least, you know, from a, from an outsider's <laughs> point of view. Yeah. You've noticed that. Hey? Cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just try for- shit, man. Like 
I just, it's just fun to try stuff. Like, why wouldn't you? Like, what's the worst thing that can happen? You figure out one more thing that doesn't work. You know, it's like, that's cool. Check that off the box. I think I, I you know, you, you're talking about the fitness marketing monthly newsletter we did. I still love the idea for physical newsletter. I really do. I, I love it for a number of reasons. Um, most notably, it's just, it's real estate in somebody's house, mm. right? Think about, you know, if the game in advertising is maximizing the number of impressions per dollar spent, I can send you an advertisement or whatever it is. I'm going to get one impression per that. And I'm probably going to piss you off because you're on the toilet and you're trying to look at girls on Instagram. So like, you don't <laughs> want to see my advertisement, right? But I can send you something in the mail that you're never going to throw it, even if you don't read it, right? Yeah. You're not going to throw it out for a while. It's going to sit somewhere present in your house, right? Probably on your kitchen table or your pantry or whatever for a while. And you're going to look at it and you're going to think of me, how many impressions did I just buy from that? I think it's really interesting. Yeah. What we what we made a mistake with with that newsletter was that we tried to do too much with it. It um, just to give you an idea, an issue of Men's Health magazine has about 16,000 words of content in each issue. That newsletter has 20,000 words. So we were every single month, we were producing more content than a trade magazine was every single month. It was just tremendous. And I mean, it did well again, like we had, we launched that thing to 1500 to one, we launched that thing to 1,516 subscribers at 39.95 a month. Yeah. And, um, and it was always in and around 35% profitable. We had, we had a full page right up in entrepreneur magazine on, um, oh, on that. Cause, uh, cause the editor in chief, Jason Pfeiffer has become a friend over the years. And I was, I was at an event. I was talking to him at night over drinks one night and I was telling him about what he was doing. He was just like, he's like, you have 1500 subscribers paying 40 bucks a month for a newsletter. And you don't have a single advertisement. He's like, teach me <laughs> like, like teach me what you're doing. Cause he was, he worked at men's health for years and he was just like the amount of bullshit that we had to publish at men's health that we knew that our readers didn't like because the only advertisers were basically perfume companies and clothing companies. And so we had to run content on fashion and stuff like that. We knew our readers hated it, but we had to run that content because that's who the advertisers were. And it's just, he's just like, tell me what you were doing. And actually fun yeah. fact that the, all of the courses that entrepreneurs doing and stuff like that, I was, I basically made the connection to like the person who was building all those and stuff. It's been a, yeah. It's interesting how small like worlds are when you really get down to it. But yeah, it was a, it was a fun project. Interesting. I think, I think I'll probably do a newsletter at some point again. Um, just has to be done the right way. We, we did a few issues. I, when I say we, I mean uh, uh, me and a print guy did a few right. issues of about a 10,000 word <laughs> newsletter. Beast, right. It is a beast. It is beast. a beast. I think it's worthwhile at the right cadence for someone like us, but it is a no doubt yeah. beast. Um, what I what I think would be interesting to do is, you know, purely just as like an advert, like it, not even something that you make a lot of money on, purely just an impression thing. Just be like, hey, 10 bucks a month, right? We're going to send you five articles in the mail of how to be a better personal trainer. And we basically just grab articles on our website. 
Sure. Yeah. Right. Like we're not promising that it's new. We're not promising that it doesn't appear anywhere else, but we're basically just saying, you didn't read this on the site. Did you, we are going to select for you your continuing development for the next month. If all you do is you read these articles, right. Then, um, then, then, you know, not to say that you shouldn't aim to do more, but know that you've done enough to continue to stay ahead of the pack moving forward. Um, I, I think there's decisions. something interesting there. Uh, and then, you know, you have like a little letter from me or whatever, but um, I don't know. We'll do something like that at some point is my guess. That's an easy one for you guys. In your outsourcing decisions, sell it to gym owners. Hey, you need shit for your trainers to get better. Here, buy this for 10 bucks. It's a tax write-off. Yeah, it's like Jeez. nothing, right? You know, and, and all that we do is we throw in a little bit of advertising with it or better yet, we go to a any of a number of companies and we basically say to them, hey, you want to sponsor this thing, yeah. right? You can add in an insert. You pay for the insert. You pay for the printing. You give us 5,000 bucks, whatever. Boom. Building businesses, building podcasts. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Having all sorts of fun. Talking it's about great. cattle. My God. Talking about this cattle. I went to a cattle auction one time and I actually inadvertently bid, at, bid on a cattle. It was the um, Halton County Fair just outside of uh, Toronto, Ontario, where I live uh, in, the, in summers. And I was at a friend's cottage and we thought it'd be really funny to go to a county fair because like, I don't know, we're like, I'm from like midtown Toronto. Like, I don't know what a county fair is like. And, uh, and there were a lot of funny things there. The funniest thing there was the guy who was in charge of the ride just had a one liter container of chocolate milk. This was like a super hot day. Oh. And he's just wearing like a white tank top, you know, like oh. skinny, like country dude. And he's just chugging chocolate milk. And the best part was at one point we're in line for this ride, right? And the best part was at one point, he just puts like the hook on the thing to like say nobody else could pass. You know, he was just like shutting down. And he walks around back of the ride and he grabs another carton of milk. <laughs> and then he walks back, opens it up and keeps going. <laughs> it's great. Shit. You're, you're talking to somebody who spent some time at county fairs growing up. You know? <laughs> great. That's that funny. is a nut. But yeah, it was a cattle, it was a cattle auction. And, um, and we my idiot friends and I just bet one another what the price was going to be. Cause we're just idiots and it was just funny. And yeah. so we bet one another yeah, 10 bucks or whatever. Right. And, uh, and then, and then I won bet. I mean, I guessed it was no skill, but like I won the bet. And so when it, when the guy like hit the hammer, I was like, yes. <laughs> and everybody looks at me like I bought my cow. <laughs> You're going to buy a $2,000 freaking goat. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, no, those things cost a lot, man. They, when you're doing the ones for the kids, there's some serious money being thrown around when it's not just, uh, you know, you're actually buying the, I don't know, the, the, the commodity and you're buying these show animals that kids will do. Oh, yeah, yeah. no, these were, these were, these were cows to eat. These were, these were butchers who were buying them. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah. That's but, a... uh, but yeah, no, it wasn't, it wasn't those show animals for sure. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, yeah. Okay. So we've talked about trying some stuff. Uh, you mentioned this in another podcast and it's a topic that I felt like needed to be explored just a little bit. And it's this, uh, um, what is it? The optimal, optimal ignorance. Oh, optimistic ignorance, optimistic ignorance. The idea of, you know, you're a 24 year old Jonathan Goodman, Mm -hmm. you're a trainer, you're earning more than, you know, or or earning the max that you can make. And you say, gosh, I'm going to start, you know, writing, I'm going to do this book. Um, and I think, uh, like I did, I get discouraged. So I'm, 
I've been in this industry way too long, you know, to not have a Lambo, you know, quote unquote. Um, and, uh, and personally, I see this in myself and I see this with, you know, other gym owners that have, uh, it's the same thing with fitness, right? As a boutique gym owner or a, you know, a high level online personal trainer, we're not the first people that our mm -hmm. clients are coming to. We're not the first solution they look for. Um, we're not the first solution people look for in terms of business help. And so you get these jaded, you know, long time industry vets. Uh, I mean, what do you do? What do you do to find that fire, find that optimistic, uh, ignorance again? Jeez. You asking me, I guess you get, you Terrible get kicked question. in the teeth enough times in business. And then, and then, um, you, you decide eventually after a very painful period to fire your entire senior staff and, um, act like it's 2017 again. That's how is I did a, it. Is that a recent story for you? <laughs> it's a very painful recent story. Yes. So uh, what happened? What happened? I mean, our business was a lot more frail than I had admitted that it was. You know, we, we have my books that I publish and stuff like that, and they're all fine. I mean, but, you know, they'll, they'll bring in, let's say, half a million bucks a year. It's like, great, it's not going to come close to meeting our overhead. And so basically, it was the Online Trainer Academy that was funding our business. And we really hadn't experienced a lot of revenue growth over the last couple of years. Um, but, you know, COVID hit and it was, it was very interesting for us. So March 2020, when things really shut down, you know, like they, there was a day or two a week right there where like things shut down and, and people were largely blindsided by it. Now you could, you could argue about whether they should have been blindsided by it or not, but the reality of it was most people didn't expect it. Right. Sure. And um, we're sitting here with the only real curriculum for online fitness that exists, with the only textbook that exists. We basically have the perfect product at the perfect time and we're the only ones who have it, right? So um, as you can imagine, you know, my phone, first of all, we did 5,600 new paying customers in a week in March wow. of last year. It was just like everybody who'd been listening to us, thinking about it, all of a sudden it's like, boom, right? Like they just, everybody needs what we have. And, um, and so that was fun. But then, you know, my phone started ringing from uh, most major gym chains and uh, the three top certification bodies in the world, in addition to uh, most of the international certification education bodies. Basically, everybody wanted to buy us outright or license or whatever. And we ended up licensing wow. a program to ACE, um, who's, you know, selling it on our behalf as well, and a few international partners, Australian Institute of Fitness, and um, th there's a few others and stuff. But... Um, but so, so basically what happened was, you know, it's basic supply and demand, right? We have the only supply. Demand rose artificially very quickly overnight. Great. We had a fantastic time with that. Then supply started increasing. Every education company comes out with their own program. Mm -hmm. Every Instagrammer who has more than a thousand followers all of a sudden becomes an expert and comes out with their own program or mentorship or whatever it is. Fine, because demand is still artificially high, right? So we had a good year last year, right? We were up, you know, 150% and we got all cocky. Right? We're like, all right, this is the new normal, right? Like this is going to be forever. 
And, um, and so, you know, I started hiring, I started basically for my own ego, like this is stupid stuff, but I, I, we expanded our team quite a bit. We expanded our overhead quite a bit and um, brought in, you know, like VPs and corporate people from other companies, largely looking back retrospectively, because I wanted to brag to my buddies that I, you know, could hire these people. And that the, look at all these people working for me, right? Look at how great I am, which I feel like I needed to just get out of my system. And so I did it. And um, everybody, you know, promises the world. And then we started to see our sales start to slow down. And then in May of this year, basically fell off a cliff. Because in May of this year is when the world started opening up back up again. You know, gyms in a lot of places started to open back up, whatever it is. And so then you have the situation where supply is still really, really high, but demand went back to its normal state. And I mean, when I say like sales went off a cliff, like off a cliff. And so we're super, we've always been super fiscally responsible, know our numbers really well, um, tons of money in the bank. And so we saw this coming a mile away and we lots of space to move. But, um, but basically, you know, it's just been this process of saying, okay, well, like, we don't have the right product for the market anymore. Straight up. I mean, online trainer Academy, like, like I've been, I've been teaching trainers how to build an online trainer business for eight years, right? Since 2013. Trainers now don't need an online training business, right? Like it was never about online training. And, 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 and I don't give a shit about online training. I never cared about online training. I cared about the problem that online training solved. Sure. I cared about trainers being able to do a better job. I care about trainers being able to offer a more client-centered business. I cared about fitness dictating business and not business dictating fitness. And in 2013, really to about 2019, 2018, 2019, online training was, I still believe, the best solution to that problem. I don't think that it is anymore. I think that trainers need to understand how to leverage new technologies I think that trainers need to understand how to use technology to work for them to be able to offer a better service to their clients. But I don't think they need to build a big newfangled online training business. And so, yeah, man, we got kicked in the teeth. You know, when you hire a VP away from another company and get them to move to Canada on your behalf from Boston, like that severance ain't cheap. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know, there, there was a lot of that that happened um, in the last number of months. And now we're just, we're back to, I mean, I'm, I'm back to operating how I, you know, how I thrive, which is just, let's try stuff, man. Let's go fast. Let's break things. Cause I see it as a competitive advantage. Our industry has been consolidated in the last two years, three years, mm -hmm. almost every major software company, almost every major education body is now owned by private equity or venture capital. And when that happens, these companies have a fiduciary responsibility to appease their investors first before their customers. They try to still, they try to be able to do both and optimize both at the same time. But as I'm sure, you know, most companies where this happens, all of a sudden the customer centric approach kind of takes a backseat, sure. right? It's, it's profit. And so I kind of took a look at it and I said, I right, well, we're basically the only independently owned, you know, aggressive, human-centric company still out there. Hey, yeah. let's build software that way because then we're the only game in town, right? Very true. Um, but education too. And so we're shutting down the online training academy, simply not, 
not because it's not a good program, not because the information isn't good. It's not what the industry needs anymore. It's as simple as that. Wow. And, and we're building back up a course platform, which are smaller, more digestible courses, right? And so the first three that we're launching with is marketing in the 21st century, client care leveraging new technologies, and time management and productivity. Smaller, more digestible courses on the go. You're not going to sit there with a textbook anymore. Like this is 2021. <laughs> like, come on, man. I'm not shipping a textbook to your door. Like, God, that's dumb. You know? So on the go, no lesson is more than 15 minutes. You take it with you wherever you are. That's very cool. Right. And so there's been, yeah, man, it's been, I don't remember what you asked or how we got into that, but well, I, you know, basically getting kicked in the teeth and I appreciate you going there. Um, I want to be respectful of your time as well, because there's a whole deep rabbit hole in terms of team and everything else that I'd love to, to oh, yeah. talk through, but maybe, maybe if we're really nice, we'll get a second date with you at some point. That's- yeah. You got it. You got a podcast. So I'm going to, I'm going to go to my way to be on it. I just have to have to, I have to continue to try to build up the legitimacy of our little operation. Here's what I have. That's to right. To, to yeah. Make things a little more adult. Um, Man, well, I, I, I appreciate, uh, appreciate you like hell. I uh, appreciate the hell out of you. Um, been a, a, an incredible conversation. Uh, is there anything, what, what question have I not asked you that you wish I would have asked you so far? No, you're good. Like I said, the best, the best of, you know, these shows are always best when the host just follows his curiosity, right? It's not about questions. Like anybody who wants to know any actual information from me can Google it. Like that's not hard to find. Right. It's, it's, what's the deeper stuff. It's like, all right, that's interesting. Like, let's go into that more. Um, so we did that and I'm happy. Good, good, good. Well, uh, make sure beautiful people that you go and follow Jonathan Goodman at it's coach Goodman, right. On Instagram, uh, the PTDC.com send some love and hugs to him, uh, as a thank you. And, uh, that's all I got ladies and gents. All right, guys, so be sure you follow John at It's Coach Goodman. Uh, you can give us a follow if you want to. We're committing to doing more content uh, in 2022. Um, we might even make a post on Instagram this year at HoffGR. Um, you can also book a super duper high pressure uh, get to know you call with us if you go to www.myfriendsasyougrowgyms. If you're looking to grow your gym in ways that you, your team, your community, the people you serve, and not least importantly, your bank account are going to feel awesome about in 2022. We've got some really ridiculous stuff for you guys. Uh, it's honestly the most ridiculous dump for you offer um, that I've ever seen. And uh, we will absolutely be raising the prices again soon. Uh, we've had to do that recently. Um, but our, one of our, our specials for this year, in addition to a done-for-you conversion-driven and search engine-optimized website, in addition to done-for-you Facebook ads, the ones that we use to beat the crap out of the big agencies every single day, in addition to done-for-you Google My Business optimization and setup uh, and ongoing posting, in addition to uh, the world's best automation and follow-up system uh, that books appointments for you, we are adding for the next three clients, that's three with my hands. I was too excited and didn't do three and realized I had five on video. For the next three clients uh, that come on, we are going to include a completely human-backed 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., seven days a week appointment setting service for you. So our people will work 
your leads for you. They'll text, they'll get people booked. So literally the only thing you have to do is show up to your appointments, close folks, which will help you do that too. If you need help with that, we'll train your team. If you need a sales team, we'll train up your team on their sales process. Again, it's the most ridiculous offer ever. We want this to be the best year for gym owners in the history of gym owners. And uh, we're putting our money where our mouth is. So if you'd like to talk more about that, and have a super high pressure conversation, go to www.myfriendsisyourogyms.com and we'll see you on the other side. Love hugs. Talk soon.